It has been one of the worst wildfire seasons on record in British Columbia here this year. That much for sure is certain. And it may not be the worst, though, ever in terms of Hector's burn, but it's definitely in the top three. Uh, but with that said, has it been the worst season ever when it comes to air quality in the Kamloops area? Well, to fill me in, happy to be speaking with air quality meteorologist with environment and climate change strategy, Annie Seagram. Annie, how are you here today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes here. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, so before we get to the actual data itself, I just wanted to get a little bit of background on how you guys actually calculate what would be determined, you know, sort of less than ideal air quality. Like, is there a, a definition that you guys use? Well, there's a couple of different metrics you can look at. Certainly people do examine the air quality health index. That's the AQHI, uh, which is kind of a uh, a combination of different pollutants to consider. But if we are talking about wildfire smoke, you're going to see the impacts mainly reflected in PM 2.5 as particulate matter less than 2.5 microns in diameter. That's the really small particles, smoke particles that come out that you might breathe in. So when we're looking at levels of PM 2.5, uh, we have an air quality objective where the average of 24 hours of PM2.5 should be about less than 25 micrograms per cubic meter. So that's kind of the level we're looking at, but that doesn't mean that lower levels on an hourly basis don't uh, affect your health. Right. But when we're talking about this specifically and kind of comparing year over year, the, the 24 hour uh, average is what's being taken into account. We certainly examine that as we go through these events, yes. Okay. Um, so can we get into a little bit here of just what we've experienced here in, in Kamloops over the course of the summer? I've imagined we've had quite a number of consecutive days where we have surpassed that PM 2.5. That's right. So if we're looking at that 24-hour average of 25 micrograms per cubic meter, I know it's starting to sound a little mathematical here, but if we look at that year to date, as of the data yesterday, which is preliminary, but as of yesterday, we have experienced about 33 days where that 24-hour objective was exceeded. So based on what I've kind of been reading in other, other media as well, it sounds like then we've done pretty well, all things considered, in the last couple of weeks here. Um, over, I would say, about the past week, the 24-hour values have really started to drop, and you've probably noticed that when you go outside. It looks a lot clearer. It probably smells a lot better. Um, but generally speaking, 33 days where we've exceeded um, the 24-hour average is about on par with the total number of days exceeded in 2017. The thing to realize, though, is, of course, the fire season isn't over yet. So... It's kind of a neck-and-neck neck race if you want to compare it to the 2017 season. Um, but, you know, we're still, we're still waiting to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about that 2017 season, um, you know, do you have like a, a date range of, of those 33 days and, and where uh, just sort of what the time period was when we experienced that? Because you mentioned like 33 full days here already and we're, you know, at the tail end of August, fire season not done. Uh, I imagine when we're looking back to 2017, that goes a little bit deeper into the month of September and maybe beyond. Yes, thank you so much for asking that. Yeah, really, we're looking somewhere, you know, June through September is the time range we're basing this data on. And of course, some of the exceedances in 2017 were in early September and late August, and we're only late August now. So there is still time to um, have some more exceedances. Of course, we hope not.
I imagine there's no real way for you to try and predict what we might see, right? It all depends on fire behavior and, and how things may may change. Because, you know, we're, like we mentioned off uh, a little bit earlier on here, we're, we're doing pretty good right now over the past week. But uh, that, that could obviously change depending on how weather patterns shift. That's correct. It's both a combination of the weather patterns and, of course, the fire behavior, especially given that some of those fires are very close to Kamloops. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a nice little overview of sort of where we are looking. I mean, this isn't any kind of record we want to set, but it's definitely been a, a, a season of note. That That is for sure. I guess when, when we see these kind of days of, of extreme or, or extremely poor air quality, what what advice? Do you have advice? I know you're, you're looking at the, the, the climate side of things, right, and talking about the air quality. That's that's your job. But just on a, I guess, a side note almost, I mean, what, what should people be doing and be aware of when we're outside walking around in this stuff? Right. So as you mentioned, yeah, I'm not a health expert, but what I can tell you is um, definitely pay attention to how you're feeling outside. If you don't feel very well outside, if you're having trouble breathing, we of course would advise people to reduce their exposure. That means going maybe somewhere indoors, uh, anywhere with a HEPA filter can be also very useful. If you look at our Smoky Skies bulletins, there's also lots of information there that um, we we can point you to different websites that'll advise you what to do in those cases. But yeah, we tell people follow your common sense and reduce your exposure if you can. Perfect. Well, I think that's about all I have for questions right now, Annie. But just one more thing to kind of put this into perspective. When we're talking about that that figure, that uh, where did I put it down here? That two and a half uh, figure that we've been looking at here. Can you kind of put that into context? The twenty five micrograms per cubic meter. Excuse me. Can you kind of put that in perspective on on where that falls with that you know air quality index scale? That's the one I've been kind of looking at all summer long. Is that one is you know good air quality, ten extremely poor. Where does that fall when we start to pass that threshold? We can't really compare those two things directly because the air quality health index is on an hourly basis. Um, And each air quality health index level does have a corresponding health message. So you'll know that if something's low, it'll say enjoy your activity. Obviously, if you see something like AQHI 7, 8, 9, 10, that's usually going to advise you to reduce your exposure outside. Um, and when, when you're, you're looking at a 24-hour average, you have to realize that that is the average. It doesn't necessarily tell you how high the hourly values were. Mm-hmm. And that's why it can be really important in these very quickly changing dynamic situations with the wildfire activity, the fire behavior changing hour by hour. You know, you can have an hour with really high visible smoke, and then an hour or two later can be completely cleared up. So... There is a sense of needing to pay attention to hour by hour if you are somewhere that's close to a fire that's being impacted by smoke as well. All right. Well, I think that answers that. I really appreciate this, Annie. Thank you so much for your time and uh, definitely some interesting information here. And hopefully we're, we're out of the woods on this particular subject, but we won't know, I guess, until fire season's officially in the books. So I appreciate your time here today and uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend. You too. Thanks so much.